Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the single greatest rivalry in college sports. The University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, Boomer, Bebo, podcast, episode 11. The Oklahoma, episode 11. I have taken uh, applications to fill your job, and I have not chose one yet, so you are here for another show. Congratulations. Keeping my fingers crossed at that last, so thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, This will be the Oklahoma Sooners season preview. Uh, For you Texas fans tuning in, make sure you've listened to the Texas season preview as conducted by Kevin Miller in episode 10. Uh, we'll link that, by the way. What's that? We'll link that to the um, Texas preview. Perfect. And uh, Kevin chose his Longhorns to go eight and four. I chose them to go five and seven. And I think the consensus is with Texas, it could be any and all of that range. Am I wrong? That's kind of what we came up with. Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it was really interesting. So I think when we get to talking about Oklahoma, uh, I think we're going to see maybe a different story. I think we can expect a little more consistency, but you know, we'll just go through it when we go through it. We'll go through the schedule like we did. We'll identify some players to look for and stuff like that. Kevin, it is technically game week. It is absolutely game week, yes. Now, it, it, is, it is week zero. But there are still college football games that count that are being played this Saturday. So, uh, because I know you are a huge gambler, big-time gambler, constantly worried about the spread and the over-under and, you know, everything that goes with that, flying to Vegas once a month, um, (laughs) I thought we would put together a little running, uh, kind of a running tab of how we pick against the spread for Oklahoma and Texas games and maybe one other game every week. So it'd be three games a week for those that are out there right now saying, are you going to pick against the spread for the OU Texas game? Kevin, would we ever do that? We won't. There's no need for that. We're just trying to win. There's no need for that. First of all, Kevin and I are gentlemen. And when you have an Oklahoma, Texas bet, it is a gentleman's bet. Okay, there's no spreads. It's win or lose. You either believe in your team or you don't. Okay. Now, throughout the throughout the rest of the season and all the other games we choose, it will be against the spread, largely because I don't really care about the other games that are going to be played unless they involve Oklahoma. Um, But it'll still be fun to pick some. So just for week zero only, not including those uh, because they don't include an Oklahoma or a Texas game, we're going to go with three games. There's four to choose from, so you can choose if you want to pick it. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Oklahoma's third opponent of the season, Nebraska, is a 13-point favorite over Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland, yes. Are you picking this game? I am. And who is your choice? The Nebraska Cornhuskers to cover. Wow. Wow. Nebraska to cover. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it that I get, you know what? I get the NFL going across the pond to play one or two games every season. I I think that the NFL has enough pull and cachet to make that a viable venture. Um, I think there's enough expats over there that they can kind of keep that as a, as a key market for them. You can even convince me that Notre Dame playing in Ireland has some some relevance and kind of cool and the Fighting Irish and all of this. But two teams that don't really have any ties to Dublin. I, what do you think, Kevin? I mean, are you fired up by this? No, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I, I don't get why. Is the game growing? Is, uh, you know, college football growing over there? I mean – it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if they got offered a big payday to do it. I don't know whose idea it was, why they thought they should do it. 
But I'll be watching, though. That's for sure. Oh, 100%. I'll be watching. But I, just, I don't know. I just think it's a disservice to your fans to right. not be able to go to a game either. I don't know who's the home home team was supposed to be. But, not. you know, does that mean that Northwestern gets their home game next year? Or You know what I mean? Yeah, it, just, it sounds like a logistical nightmare, too. I mean, yeah. all the players, everybody involved has to, ha- has to have a passport. You yeah. know? Just, and, I, who, <laughs> and who knows what – and I, you know, I don't know. England is not too psychotic, but there still might be some COVID rules you got to follow to make sure everybody's yeah. boosted up. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, all right. I'm going to take Northwestern in the points. Okay. But uh, I, I think Nebraska wins. But I think they, I think they win by 10. You know what I mean? I don't think they're I don't think they're a, a two touchdown favorite. Early, okay. playing in a weird spot, you know, new quarterback. Northwestern usually has a decent defense. They'll kind of ugly it up. I think Nebraska wins. Doesn't Should be a fun game, though. Okay, you got uh, Wyoming versus Illinois. Any interest in picking that game? You know, I'll pick it, but I will admit I've done no research on either one of these teams. So, Okay, Illinois is favored t- by 10. By 10? Is Bielema still the coach, as far as you know? Yes. Okay, I'll take Illinois to cover the 10. The Illini to cover. Uh, I, too, will take the Illini to cover. Vandy, our future SEC partner, versus Hawaii. At, uh, I think it might be at Hawaii. It, I think it is, yeah. It's a 930 kickoff. Uh, Vandy's getting six and a half. Or giving six and a half. They're favored. I'll take Vandy. I think they, they just have better players. I am not going to pick this game because I am going to pick the next game and the last game, which is North Texas at UTEP. Okay. I'm picking this because OU faces them. This is their warm-up game for Oklahoma. It is a pick and just to improve OU's uh, strength of schedule, I will be choosing UTEP. Okay. Okay, so listeners out there, each week we will update our scores um, and then we will once uh, once we have game week going, Kevin and I will be picking an OU game, a, a Texas the OU game, the Texas game, and then one other game. So that should be a fun little thing. We'll see if we know anything at all about sports that we're talking about. I feel like when the radio guys do it, they um, nobody ever does it very good. So I don't feel like a lot of pressure on us. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. It's not like you know I haven't done a ton of research on any of these teams. So, but even the people that do research, like the Bear on ESPN, you know, they'll be like, "What's your oh, record yeah. through the year?" It's like thirty nine, thirty six, and three. You know, like, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I guess you're three over five hundred. It just doesn't seem like that's. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, uh, Kevin. There's something that you shouldn't gamble about, though. You know what that is? That be your insurance claims. That's right. You should not gamble about your property insurance claims. You should not bet the house that your insurance company is going to pay you the full and fair settlement of your value the first time around. That's a losing bet. Thank you. That is a losing bet. That is a snake eyes roll. That's any other mm, poker metaphor you want to use. I guess losing it on the flop, whatever the case may be, you don't want to do any of it. You want to have your ace in the hole be Brown O'Haver. Brown O'Haver adjusts insurance claims for the insured, not the insurance company. We handle wind and hail and fire and tornado and vandalism and theft. We get clients paid 30 to 40% more than they would on their own. Let us be your ace in the hole. Call us 405-735-5510. Kevin, are you ready to grill me on the 2022 Oklahoma Sooner preview? We've got a lot to talk about here. All right, there's, there's a lot to talk about. All right, I got notes. All right, so first of all, I mean the new coaching staff, right? Brent yep. Venables, first time head coach. He's been an outstanding DC for the better part of 20 years, right? What do you think about him going into his first season as a head coach? At your alma mater. Well, the the resume can't be any better. Um, Having served under um, 
K-State's longtime coach, names escape Bill me. Snyder. Bill Snyder, having served under Bob Stoops, winning the national championship in 2000 and a sustained level of success over another 12 or 11, 11 or 12 years that he was with Oklahoma. And then to go to a really different kind of style coach in Dabo Sweeney, yet obviously incredibly successful, bringing Clemson to heights that nobody thought they could get to. Um, maybe not even da- maybe not even Dabo. Uh, I think that from a resume standpoint, it's it's a home run. Um, I also think that you know so much is made of of offensive coaches versus defensive coaches becoming head coaches. And the trend in the NFL right now is for them to jump on these offensive coaches. Sean McVay, um, uh, man, why is my mind going blank? Kingsbury. Kingsbury. I mean, all those guys, right? Those offensive-minded coaches getting a lot of points up. And I think they do that. And I think they can afford to do that because the head coach doesn't have to be nearly as hands-on in the defensive room in the in an NFL environment, okay? Because those are professionals. You're counting on your defensive coordinator. They make a ton of money, and they run a very good deal. So that kind of can be it silo. Offense can be it silo. Frees up your, off, your offensive head coach to be as creative as he wants to be. In this case, though, we're getting a defensive-minded coach, and I think it's going to help because I think it's going to give a little more freedom to the offensive side of the ball and allow Venables not to have to micromanage that side of the ball, but merely kind of put his mild stamp on it, right? We want to be aggressive. We want to be fast. We want to be, you know, whatever the powerful and physical, those, those general terms that a coach can use, that's, could be Venable's impact, right? And I think it allows some creativity, not the pressure. I think if you look at Lincoln under Bob, I think he called games more freely. I think he was a more free play caller when he didn't have to think about the defense. Um, but when he became his own coach, he started to have to think about the defense and worry if they weren't going to stop him and all this and all that. Um, so I think being a defensive coach is going to be an advantage for Oklahoma it's an advantage for their offense. And honestly, it's a we need his expertise back at Oklahoma on the defensive side of the ball. So I think from a setup standpoint, from a resume standpoint, organizationally, I'm having a hard time thinking it's not a home run. I hope I'm right, but I really, I really do. I think it's a home run. Okay. Now, is there any concern? Do you feel like he'll be able to just maintain the level that Lincoln Riley did after Stoops? Or do you feel like he can elevate the program? Well, you've got two different two different answers to that. Okay, so the first the first part of that answer is, well, the first part of your question was, can he can he keep it at the same level as Riley did after Stoops? So for those two years, three years, making it to the college football playoff in seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. I, I would love for him to be able to do that. I think that is incredibly ambitious. I think it's possible, but I think it'd be really hard to, to match that. Conversely, though, if you were to say, can he do as good as we've done the last two years under Lincoln Riley? The answer is yes, absolutely yes. Okay. We can do better. The, the offensive performance wasn't there. The defensive performance was lax. Uh, the culture was shifting, the strength and conditioning was going down. So yes, the first three years of Lincoln, uh, uh, minus the national championship, are, are, are historic. Right, three years in a row going to the college football playoff. Um, but the last two, yes, he he better improve on it, or we're we do not have the coach we need. Okay, because I just want to remind everybody, despite Lincoln Riley's faults. Two losses, no more than two losses in a season every year that he was the head coach at OU. So, yeah, you know, some of those losses, though, are you 
some of those losses are, are really frustrating though, right? You, you know, losses to Iowa State. Losses. Yeah, losses to Iowa State, losses to Kansas State. And if you think about, you know, like the 2020 season, we lost to Iowa State and Kansas State. And so then you go to a lesser bowl. Um, you know, so he does – I don't know how to explain. I just – yes, you're right. He only lost two games. That, But I'm comparing it directly to 20 and 21, I think Brent Venables can perform at a much higher level, and I hope he does. Okay, fair enough. So I want to talk about the roster here. Okay. So okay. New quarterback. Yes. Dylan Gabriel transfer from Central Florida, right? He's got some experience. He's played very well. How do you think he fits in to the offense here in Norman? I think he's exactly what we need. I think um, for the last two years, you've had quarterbacks that um, maybe they did or maybe they didn't, but they had an, a high potential of taking the position for granted. Okay. Uh, you know, Spencer, uh, uh, Spencer Rattler come in, sit on the bench with Jalen hurts and you're the boom, you're the presumptive starter and you're the presumptive starter the entire year. You go into the off season as the presumptive starter. It's just, that's the plan. Caleb Williams comes in thinking I'm going to be the starter in a year. Uh, really no doubt about that. No concern about that. And I expect to play right away. It does. And so I guess what I'm getting at is they're just, there's a level there where it could be taken for granted that you're, you're going to get to play quarterback in college football and in at Oklahoma. Whereas vice versa with Dylan Gabriel, he's seen, he's seen it. He's tasted it. He knows what he can do but he's also lost it for a bit, right? And didn't get that chance to play and knows that if he doesn't work his absolute tail off, he'll never have that chance again. That if he doesn't work hard, perform well, lead well, do it the right way, he might not get the chance to play football again, let alone college or pro or whatever. And so I just think that he's coming in to Oklahoma with a different mentality, right? Baker, Baker always had the chip, you know? Yeah. I don't know with Dylan if it's the chip because I don't know that anybody's ever really slided him, but I think maybe it's his own self-imposed, you know, I've got to do this. I got to do this for me. I got to do it for my family. I got to do it for this team. I got to do it for this coach that's trusting me with it because I think that's a big piece, right? Levy reaching out to him and saying, come on, man, you're my boy. I and think he was committed to UCLA, right? Yes. He committed to Chip Kelly. Yes. And so I just think that there's there's something in this kid that says, I, okay, I'm not as physically talented as Caleb Williams. Just not. Okay. But I can be a good football player. I am a good quarterback. And if you put me in the right situation, I have the physical skills to perform. And that's where I think he's at. That's what I think the difference is. And you know, one of the things I've made notes of, I don't know where we're going to get to it. Maybe we, we will is where, what are we going to be better than we were last year? by position group and quarterback. We will get more consistent, higher productive quarterback play out of Dylan Gabriel than we did Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Okay. Now from an expectation standpoint, let me ask you. Yeah. This. Yeah. If you had to compare his season that you think he'll have this year, to any season that you've had maybe over the last decade or so from any sooner quarterback? Are you hoping for maybe 2015 level Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I would think 15 or I think 15 or 16. Yeah. Okay. I think 17 was one of those. I got that was until one of the better seasons we've ever had in in basketball history. Until Joe Burrow came along, you could make the argument that was the greatest college season of all time. You know, I mean, he was he was just so good. But yeah, I would think fifteen or sixteen. I really do. And you know, think about that just for a minute, right? Baker was a walk on. He played six games before transferring. This is not the case with this guy. This guy is a scholarship player. Played very high level games for UCF. Played two and a half seasons. So he's got. 
don't know what the math is that 20 more games, 18 more games than Baker had. He's older, more mature. Um, we pick Baker all the time, but Dylan Gabriel is not making the same missteps that Baker was. So I think if that, I think that all points to that sort of season. Absolutely. I think that's well within the realm of possibility. It'll definitely be fascinating. I wanted to ask you, okay, behind him, who do you think is going to be the number two quarterback? I know you have the freshman, Nick Evers, and then you also have um, General Booty. By the way, I don't know if you ever want to hear anything about you clowning a Texas player for his name. You guys have a quarterback named General Booty. He uh, has an NIL deal now. Okay. And he is selling General Booty merch. Good for him. And I think I'm going to get some of it. It looks pretty good. Hey, man. Uh, Get paid. Get it. It looks pretty good. And shout out to General Booty. 25% of all proceeds go to the OU Health Science Center for the Children. Oh, so great. I think that's really cool. So he's, I mean, there's nothing more than name, image, and likeness about using your own name to sell stuff. So what it's all about. I'm all for it. I think he's going to do good. So if you're out there, check check out General Booty's uh, merch. I think it's Nick Evers. Um, I think it needs to be Nick Evers because um, I think he's got the highest ceiling. Uh, you know, one guy that consistently gets lost is Micah Bowen. Every time, I've, transfer, right? every time I've seen him in a spring game, I think the dude looks pretty good. Uh, so if Booty and Evers are better than him, then okay, I, I'll trust the coaches. But I just think Micah Bowen, I mean, a Penn State quarterback couldn't have been all bad. And if Lincoln Riley took him on his staff, he had to see something in him. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's Nick Evers, though. I think if, if I don't want to, I don't want to state the situation. I guess the question you ask instead of if somebody gets hurt is if we're up 60, who comes in? Uh, I think it's Bowen or that's, it's a different question, right? But if we're not going to like burn any red shirts or do anything weird, I think you get like use UTEP or Kent state as the first two games. If we get a good lead going in the fourth quarter, I think you see booty or Bowen. But if something unfortunate happens to Gabriel, I think you see Nick Evers. Now, remember you can still play in four games. And still keep your red shirt. I think they play him. Then, man. I think yeah. they play him because I just th- I think the ceiling's higher. So you, I think you, if you got to go to your second string quarterback, you're already going to have a drop off from your first string quarterback. Right. So why not start to either a play for the future or b just give the kid as many reps as he can and see what happens. You know, He's a talented guy. And that was a great pull getting him to flip from Florida oh, like that. That was huge. That was huge. Ended up being very important too. Those two, uh, both, both, both. I mean, can you imagine the quarterback room without Gabriel or Evers? Yeah, it would be a little. It bad. would be it would be sketchy. But we're sitting here now yeah. saying, "Oh, we're, oh, we're pretty good. Yeah, we're good." Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, so what about the running backs? I know you've got Eric Gray coming back. I know you've been a little critical of his performances so far, and you feel like he may have a limited upside. What do you think about that? Well, Still on that, or have you heard different things with this staff and this system? Listen, man, if you listen to anybody in the spring talk about fall practice, any reporter for any team, everybody always looks good. They rarely say anybody looks bad. And this is the same stuff we were hearing coming out of camp last year that he was going to be heads and tails better than Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks had taken the 2020 season off. Kennedy Brooks wasn't physically where he needed to be. Eric Gray is electric. Eric Gray's going to get your touches. Kennedy Brooks is going to be lucky to get, you know, stuff on the back end. That was being said this time last year. Uh, For those of y'all that listened to me with Toby Rowland in the morning, I said it in August. What, you know, this same time frame, it will be Kennedy Brooks will be your leading rusher. Because the guy was too good to keep off the field. I still think Lincoln Riley didn't use him enough. The guy was so good, so dynamic. He averaged like 6.3 yards a carry. Think about that, Kevin. 6.3 yards a carry. Pretty good average. Uh, you know, everybody gave Caleb Williams credit for the uh, OU Texas win. Great. Well-deserved. Kennedy Brooks was the player of the game. He rushed with like 260 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the, the guy was just a stud. I'm not saying that because I'm some running back guru or anything, but I'm still not sold on Eric Gray. Prove me wrong, Gray, if you're out there listening to the Boomer Bebo podcast. Prove me wrong. I, as a OU fan, 
I really, 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 really hope Marcus Major decides to, to be good. That he, so sometimes he, you get he, into a new system, things just, the lights would just turn on for certain guys. I hope so. The guy looks like a stud. He's local. We just want him to be good. Maybe it's the want to that's got us all thrown off. Um, but I'll say this for me. The X factor, and I said this when we previewed the running backs, is Bentavious Thompson. Just keep the name there. We have a very full running back. We have uh, we have Javante Barnes. We've got a lot of guys in that running back room. And I, I hear everybody on that. I don't think Levy just was bringing this guy in to be nice. Okay. I think I – think, think about that, right? If a guy says, hey, coach, I really want to come and play. And Levy says, I don't know, man. We got Eric Gray and Marcus Major and Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. And so, dude, I love you, but, you know, let me use my connections to get you somewhere who needs a running back. No, he said, come on and play. I don't know. It just – just put it out there. It's, it's in the universe. All right, go ahead. Are you, are you thinking more of a running back by committee, or do you think somebody pulls away and takes the job and gets the bulk of the carries? Early on, it's going to be running back by committee. I bet we see four running backs in the first two games. By Nebraska, we trim that down to three. And by Texas, we're at two. Who are the and two? I, and I think Gray here's, – here's I think Gray will be our second running back regardless of who's the first. Somebody is – I think somebody will emerge ahead of Eric Gray, and Eric Gray will be the change of pace back, which he is. He's a great change of pace back. Sc- you know, scatting and catching the ball in the backfield and – you know, just a little shift. The old third or, down back. The old, yeah, absolutely. And so that's where I fall in. It, it remains to be I could be completely off. No inside information. I know nothing except for what I've seen in the past come out of Oklahoma. And that's just kind of where I think it's going to land. All right. Now, tight end, you got Braden Willis back. A lot of experience there. You also got um, Daniel Parker, transfer out of Missouri. Who's a stud from a- everything we're hearing. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. You got a couple of uh, talented freshmen with uh, Jason Llewellyn out, out of Alito, Texas, and then um, Caden Helms out of Nebraska. It seems like you got some depth going there. So here's, here's you know, everybody said Oklahoma was the biggest loser in the transfer portal this spring. Did they? Yes. Because of what they lost? or Because of what we lost. Bring in? Because okay. of what we lost. Net, and I think net, I think net, they still had us at, at biggest loss. And in a lot of that's Caleb Williams. I think he skewed Answer a lot of yeah. quarterbacks. I think he, I, but I do, I think Caleb Williams skewed that. I, because even if you, you lost Spencer Rattler and you got Dylan Gabriel, I think it would have been a wash. But you take away Caleb Williams and I think it skewed, skewed the whole thing. Yeah. But Stogner, Austin Stogner was a good tight end. He wasn't Mark Andrews, oh, yeah. but, he was a, but a good, solid tight end. Think, think about this stat, stat line here. You ready? 166 yards on 14 receptions and three touchdowns. That's what we have to replace to have a better tight end than Austin Stogner. That's crazy, Kevin. That is very interesting, yeah. That's crazy to me. If, if, Brayden, if Brayden Willis doesn't have 400 yards receiving – and, and six or seven touchdowns, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're not throwing them the ball enough. Yeah. And then I don't know what Daniel Parker, you know, is going to take or give away, but we're going to have better stats than 166 yards and 14 receptions. It's yeah, just Brady crazy. Willis last year, 15 catches for 177 yards yeah. and two touchdowns. And don't you – can't you imagine Daniel Parker easily getting those numbers I just read you about Stogger? Yeah. And I think you're going to get even better. I don't. Uh, my point is, that as and we'll talk about this maybe with the receivers too. There's just not that lot. There's not a drop down there. If you look at the actual statistics, you look at the name Stogner versus Daniel Parker. Oh, I don't know. Stogner's good. Stogner's okay, but stats is stat. I don't know, man. I don't know what we're what we're. We don't have to look it up, but what were Parker's stats at, at Missouri? You know, let me see if I can get those real quick. Um, last year. Didn't have big numbers last year. 12 catches, 97 yards, and three touchdowns last year. Well, I just think – I think the opportunity is for it to be even better. 
And I think that yeah. there's room to grow there. And I, I again, we're not having to replace. It's not like we're making up for a Mark Andrews or even a Calcaterra. Uh, yeah. We're making up for 160. If we take the name off of it, we're making up for 166 yards. And I think we get that production from those two guys. The wide receivers, right? Obviously, yes. Marvin Mims. Now, Marvin Mims almost went into the portal, right? Yes. For a second, didn't he consider going to? Yes. What a huge loss that would have been. Theo Weiss, too. Yeah. Both of them were on I the mean, edge. You want to talk about, you know, that that would have changed the uh, outlook. Well, the team. so Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims was our leading receiver last year, okay? The leading receiver in Oklahoma's offense. 705 yards on 32 receptions, five touchdowns. How many of those came against Texas? What do you have, two? Two. I think maybe yeah. two or three, but yeah. five touchdowns. That's your leading receiver, Kevin. Marvin Mims is way better than that stat line. You don't have to sell me on him. I'd like to to recruit. Yeah. Okay, so now let me read you these stats. I'm not going to put their names with them. 380 yards on 35 receptions and four touchdowns. 399 yards on 39 receptions and six touchdowns, three three of which were against Western Carolina. Do you know who those two players are? No. Mario Williams and Jaden Hazelwood. So, again, the narrative that we lost so much, combined we lost 780 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns? Like, okay. I, I don't I, – it's hard to get fired up for that loss. So, what it, it leads me – from Theo Weiss this year? I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to emerge. I think Marvin Mims is going to draw the coverage and give Theo Weiss the chance to be a very exciting number two receiver. You know, I mean, he's a guy who came in, five-star guy, right? Top receiver, one of the mm-hmm. top receivers in the country. And I think we've all kind of been waiting to see it, right? I mean, he had a decent year in 2020, 37 catches, 530 yards, and four touchdowns. But, you know, maybe – this new system will help him really go off. Like we I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about him. I think Stoops is going to play really well out of the slot. And um, I, I think it's Farouk. I think he's your, he's your fourth guy there. And he's a pretty good fourth to have uh, another player. I don't know that he ever threatened to transfer, but one that we all thought was going to go and didn't go. So it says a lot that we were able to keep the receivers that we did keep. Um, and I think it equally says as much as the ones that left. I'm not struggling on where we're going to find improvement. I think we're going to find it just fine. So, all right, what else you got? The offensive line. How are you feeling about that? More. Ge- this is going to be a more generic answer because I just don't know the players at each of their positions and how well they're doing. But my argument is they've had Schmitty for six months or eight months now. And – I think that alone is a factor that has them performing at a higher level. We were not tough in the trenches last year. We could not push defenders off the ball, especially against Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, I think you're going to see a toughened up offensive line, a stronger offensive line, a deeper offensive line with the pickups we've got. Uh, So I'm excited about which way it's going to go. But I just – I don't know. Don't ask me to tell you who's going to be where and all that. I wish I, 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 I always have to kind of get into the season, watch the game. To, you know, I can look at a roster all day long, but it doesn't register near as yeah. much as who got that holding call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once I figure out who gets the holding calls, I know exactly who's on the offensive line. Yeah. You know, one, one, one guy I'm looking forward to seeing um, is Juan Gay Morris. He was a former five-star. He was there last year, transfer out of Tennessee. A lot of talent. Really couldn't hold down the starting spot, though. Kind of in and out of the lineup. I'm curious to see if he re- if he finally puts it together because he is a very talented athletic kid. So I want to see what we can. Uh, I, I just can think for I, you guys this year. I, I think we have an opportunity to get back to those offensive lines that really mauled people and and took over in the fourth quarter and all that stuff. I just really think that's our opportunity, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited about it between Schmitty and be- think about this beating Bo Stain. He didn't go to USC. Yeah. That's huge. That was huge for us. And um, I think I think that's indicative. I think that's an indictment on Lincoln Riley's system because I think if he truly believed in Lincoln Riley's system, he would have gone with him. I really no, it do. It seemed like for a while there, he was going to go, right? 
it looked like he was gone for a second. Well, he didn't get on the first plane. And once yeah. he didn't get on the first plane, he didn't go again. Yeah. I, so. I thought, from what I heard, he was he was at least heavily considering it. But, yeah, I just figured the best place was to stay here. So, All right, so I want to go over to the defensive side of the ball now. Okay. okay. Now, Clemson, when, when Venables was at Clemson, what always stood out to me was the play of his defensive line and also the talented guys that he was able to recruit and develop, okay? So he gets here to Norman. What do you think he's going to be able to do with the pieces he already has here? There's some talented guys there. What do you yeah. think? Um, on the defensive line, I wish this was 2023 already because yeah. the guys in that class, it uh, – studs coming in. It will most likely, if everything falls the way it's falling and continues to fall, it will be the best defensive line class in the country. Yeah. So I think that speaks to your assertion that uh, he can find talent on the defensive line. However, we're dealing with 2022. I think you, you've got to use guys like Grimes, Jalen Redmond. Um, let me make sure. I'm Look, not these missing. are talented guys, right? Yes. Uh, I, Reggie Grimes. I mean, these guys could have gone anywhere. Clayton Smith, uh, retro freshman. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Jalen Redmond. I know he's he's been injured a lot throughout his career, but I want oh, to see I forgot him. I forgot Stripling. Stripling's a yeah. big stud, man. He's a big and he's a senior. So you're dealing with like a, an older player that's going to be able to pick up on stuff. Uh, Ethan Downs again. That's another guy that's just supposed to be a stud. Yeah. Uh, between Ethan Downs and Redmond and Grimes and Stripling, that is solid. Now, am I am I jumping up and down over that right now? No, but I'll tell you this. I was jumping up and down last year over Perion Winfrey and Nick Bonito uh, and, Isaiah uh, and Isaiah Thomas, and they just didn't give you that, right? You didn't. Yeah. You didn't get that same push. You never felt like we were constantly either putting pressure or we were a run stopper or whatever. You know, we just never really got into that groove. Uh, so this year is kind of more like cautious optimism. But I also think it's a case of it, it has to get better because we were so low on it before. Um, I mean, and that's what and you talk about development. That goes back to your question about development and how Venables develops. Well, look at how Oklahoma did develop like a Nick Benito. At the beginning yeah. of the season, he was supposed to be a top or first round draft pick. They were talking about him being off the edge and being a first round draft pick. And when did he go? The third round? Yeah. What, what do you think happened there? They don't develop. We talk a lot. We talk a lot about that in other pods. So I don't want to go completely off the rails. They did not develop defensive players. And then when they did develop them, they didn't play them. And when you play players half the amount of time they should be on the field, you're going to get half of the amount of production. And then I think you're also going to get um, not as crisp play. You're not getting the reps that you need to get to be better. You think about other schools, if, if, if instead of playing 50% of the game, a player plays 75% of the game, he's getting 75% more reps. By the time we're playing in late October and November, when we're playing Baylor and Oklahoma State, You've got seasoned professionals that have played 75% of the reps of games. They're getting better. Yeah, They're I getting better. Yeah, Winfrey was a little critical of uh, the system. Oh, he should have been. Just yeah. felt like they were stunting and twisting too much instead of just beating their man one-on-one. Well, you know, again, you, we, we've made this disclaimer on this podcast before that I don't, I don't know the X's and O's um, in terms of – I mean, stunting and twisting is – if it's done right. Well, I think he felt that they did it too often. Like well, it was like every play. I, I think it would, would a, what position did you play in high school? Linebacker. Would you consider studying and, and all that kind of a pretty boy's way to play defense? No, not at all. No, I mean, it can be, but usually you use it every so often, you know, just to kind of catch the, offensive line napping you know one guy starts on the edge starts like he's rushing upfield and kind of twists around and goes inside yeah well i just think if you do it all the time it, it's it's one of those situations where you think you're smarter than the other team and i think that i, I always thought the arrogance on lincoln riley's staff was their biggest downfall 
Like they knew more about football than other people did. So this stunt has to work better and this twist has to work better. To Perion's point, line up and just – you got better athletes. in Maybe not against Baylor, but in every other team, you had better athletes than they did on the other side of the ball. Just line up and bust them. I don't know if Brent will do that, though, right? I mean, I think he's got as much – he was a zone blitz guy to begin with. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how it'll work, but I think those dudes yeah. he's got are going to be pretty I, I, good. Yeah, I think everyone's excited to see, you know, what this defense could look like, you know, and he's going to continue to upgrade the talent there. I will, at all positions. On the, the, the other the other two positions on the defense, which I'm sure you're about to ask me, um, starting with the linebackers, that's the one that, that hurts me or makes me the most worried is linebackers. Lose, Louis, losing Brian Osamoa, he was starting to figure it out, I think. Uh, and he's been he was, looking like a he's been looking really good in the preseason for the Vikings. Real, I mean, really he's, good. He's, no, he's I, got I some talent. He was re- yeah. You know who looked good too? Trey Norwood looked good the other day uh, in the defensive backfield. I think is he still with the Steelers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm worried about them. But you do have Whittier, Stutzman though, man. You got Stutzman. You got Deshaun White and Witter. And between those three, emphasis on Stutzman. If we can get the development that we talk about, right? The that, that Brent Venables and his staff is known for, the defensive coordinator Roof is known for, and 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 linebackers is typically Brent's baby. If we can get that development, then we can have a better uh, performance out of the linebackers. But from a talent gap, losing Osamoa hurts. I think that's yeah. our b- biggest loss, maybe in the in the in the field of eleven or twenty two in the top twenty two. That's probably our biggest loss. And then for the DBs, I, I just think we're going to be more consistent, man. We were so inconsistent. Um, Billy Bowman, where do you go to high school? Didn't Ryan. Um, pretty good player, right? Outstanding player. Did you ever get the feeling like he was being held back? Maybe. He was a true freshman, though, so maybe. I don't know what he was capable of taking on. All I know is he is a dynamic athlete. Let me pause you right there. Here's what they thought he was capable of taking on. They thought he was capable of being the strong safety. They thought he was capable of being the weak safety. They thought he was capable of playing cornerback. They thought he was capable of doing all of that stuff. Well, you know what happens when you do all of that stuff and you really don't know what you're doing? It creates uncertainty. And what does uncertainty create on the football field? It develops into lack of aggression because you're uncertain. You can't make that hard charging run because you're like, am I doing this? Am I doing that? Am I, do I need to pull back? Where am I? On the, I I'm not really good at playing corner, so i got to play it this way. Dude, listen, give the guy a position, which I think they have, strong safety, and let him go to work and say, this is what really good strong safeties do. And don't be moving them around all over the backfield as a true freshman. Listen, man, I'm a big fan of Billy Bowman. This kid is a dynamic athlete. He legitimately could play receiver for you guys. He is that athletic. Um, Remember, he was a former Texas commit, you know, before he flipped oh. to OU. So, I mean, we were really, really excited about getting this dude on campus. So, he can I be think, whatever, I think whatever you the, need him to be. I think he's the second best player in the, the defensive backfield because I think Woody Washington is going to be a lockdown corner. Okay. I really do. I'm excited. He's got the height. He's got the size. Uh, that's what I'm excited about. Real quick, um, before we get into the schedule prediction, Robin yes. Spears Jennings, um, true freshman out of Broken Arrow, kid's also a dynamic athlete. Might be one of the uh, fastest players on the team already um, from what I'm hearing. So keep an eye out. You know, will they play him at punt returner, you think? You know, I haven't heard. Is he that kind of fast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and not just fast. Like, at the All-American Bowl, he was, like, the fastest guy there. This is oh, a national really? all-star game. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about, you know. That gets me excited. Thank you, Kevin. Need to be. That, was a little, that was a little nugget that's got me excited. Uh, yeah, you know, you're right. I, I, I don't want to go too much into special teams because I know we're kind of running a little long. But – yeah. I want to see us be more aggressive in the punt return game and the kickoff return game. We don't have to be, right, man. We don't have to be stupid aggressive. Just aggressive aggressive. You know, just yeah. 
take advantage of some opportunities. You can make some things happen there. Yes. Sure. And, you know, I know with Texas, I know we had a Texas preview last week, but having Jeff Banks as a special teams coordinator, I mean, it, it changed everything. They blocked four or five punts last year. It just So, yeah, I mean, you can make some things happen. You have the athletes to do it. Uh, Put them out there and let them go, especially those freshmen. Let them block punts. Let them go chase down on kickoffs. Remember Alabama used to do that? They'd have Reuben Foster as a true freshman before they were ready to play. He's destroying guys on kickoff coverage Well, before he was actually ready to play on the field. You remember who Bob Stoops used to have on kickoff coverage in 2003, don't you? In 2003? Roy Williams. He would put, oh, he, he'd put all the studs. He yeah. would put studs back there. He wouldn't, yeah. let it, he wouldn't even let it be an issue. Yeah, um, put you guys out there. All right. All right, man. Here we go. We're going to go through the schedule here, okay? I've been waiting for this. All right, week one, your Oklahoma Sooners against the UTEP Miners. Win. Let me tell you you what my philosophy here is going to be real quick. So, because I've been on the radio a couple times since we've done this, and they've asked me for my prediction. And I have made that prediction, and then they say, well – you know, if they, we just, I think there's going to be one loss. And I'll say, where's that one loss at? Like, well, it could be here. It could be there. My prediction is going to be based on game to game. Okay. So when we get to the end, it's whatever it is. I'm going to say, kick. are we going to beat that opponent? Fair enough. All right. I just want, I want right. that out there. So I picked UTEP. What'd you pick? Obviously that's a win for your uh, OU against UTEP as well. All right. Week two, Kent State. Um, in Norman, the, the game that is making me buy ESPN Plus, which I kind of like, have a pay per view, yeah, for one. I, I kind of like it. Uh, win. Okay. Huge game here, September seventeenth, in Lincoln, Nebraska, against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. What do you got? Do you think they'll be undefeated? Yes. They beat Nebraska. We're a better. Okay. We're we're a better. We're a better team. We got more talent. We got more talent. Um, I, I say we beat Nebraska. I think you beat Nebraska too, but I think it'll be close. I think it's gonna be similar to last year's game, except high better play. You guys might play better, but I think it'll be close with it being in Lincoln. Um, K State with K-State. Adrian Martinez in Norman though. K-State's had our number, and Adrian Martinez reminds me of all of their other um, awkward yet effective quarterbacks they've had over the years. Yeah. Um, I anticipate K-State getting a number of illegal procedure calls and illegal men downfield because that's just what they do. I think coming off Nebraska, it's going to be a little hard to get up for K-State, which is why we're going to need – Venables to why we need that level of excitement that only he can bring. I'm saying win against K-State. Okay. I've got a win for you guys against K-State as well. Are you, would you be worried about that game if you were an OU fan? Yes. Or you're, are you more worried about Nebraska? No, I'd, I'd be concerned about K-State as well. Yeah. Because of everything I'm hearing, people are expecting K-State to be a pretty good team this year. So at least competitive. They always want to make know how it is, man. Yes, I know. You have the advantage of it being in Norman. They always listen. I was at I was at a K State game where where they beat us, where they beat our butt. So you know how they, man. Look, everybody's gotten K Stated before. Uh, TCU. That's a win. We own TCU. We're not losing to TCU. This is not the same TCU teams. I don't even know which ones those were because we beat them too. Win. All right. What do you say? Red River Shootout. Wait, did you say, say win too? What's a win? win? Win for TCU. Yeah. I mean, win against TCU for, for OU. Okay. We've already picked this game we have. in the Texas season preview. We but have. to recap, the Longhorn fan picked the Longhorns, and the yes. Sooners fan picked the Oklahoma Sooners. More to come later on that game. Kansas. Oh, yeah. Win. Yeah. yeah, what are we what are we doing? Okay, October 29th at Iowa State. 
Can you say trap game? Absolutely. Um, OU's going to win. Unless Iowa State finds a really good quarterback. If they if they find a really good QB, I just I don't I don't know that they have one yet. But as this year progresses and it's determined that their quarterback is pretty dang good, I'm going to get really nervous about picking OU. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I think they've got a lot of other pieces there. They're just losing Brock Purdy. Um, well, who else they lose? I mean, Brees Hall too. Well, they're losing Brees Hall too. I'll, yes, I'll give you that. But more, more Purdy, just because he touches the ball so much. But, but yes. both of them really. If and they Tony re- Polar, their outstanding tight end from Norman. If they can replace the production, then I'm nervous. Um, but if they can't, I'm very confident. Win for win for Oklahoma. Okay. I've got OU winning that one too, just because I don't know who their quarterback's going to be right now and how do you replace Brees Hall and Charlie Kolar. So, all right. November 5th, Baylor in Norman. Um, I am happy that we are playing this as the ninth game of the year and not the fourth game of the year following Nebraska. Um, I don't know if by that game we'd be ready for Baylor. But this late in the season, I think our training is going to pay off. I think our experience is going to pay off. I think we're going to be winning. We're going to be feeling good. This is where the rubber meets the road in terms of a Brent Venables system and a Jerry Schmidt system. Will we get pushed around by Baylor? I'm going to say no. Oklahoma wins the game. Okay. What do you I'm think? I'm going to go with Baylor on this one. I, I, listen, I know you're a Texas fan, and you, and it, it's easy to make that pick, but I don't blame you. That This is going to – what do you yeah, think the yeah. line – what do you think – I mean, could they, be, could they be undefeated going into this game? We looked at Baylor last time. I guess they played BYU. Is there only – They do, yeah, and that's a, that's a tough physical game uh, to play against BYU. Man, it just, it's Dave Aranda and the way he can scheme defensively. Can, can you more think of anything I mean, else? Can you imagine if they're undefeated at that point in the season? That is that's yeah. that's bordering on a game of the year to that point. Now look, Baylor loses some really good players on defense. And really they got a new quarter and they got a new quarterback too, right? Yeah. But now remember this guy won the job. The, the, so Jerry Bohannon from last year still had eligibility left. Yeah. But the coach picked the other quarterback and let him know so he can transfer if he wanted to. So now, again, the advantage you have is that this game is being play, played in Norman. Agreed. So, and I just um, – I, I like Levy's offense against that physical front better than I like Lincoln's. Okay. Um, I just anticipate I, – I anticipate a bigger, a bigger commitment to the run game and a more effective run game uh, and then be able to play action off of that. And so that's getting, that that has me feeling more secure about it. But clearly, the no disrespect to Texas, but the biggest game to date in terms of talent versus talent. I think Baylor's really good. So here we, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, West West Virginia at West Virginia, uh, November twelfth, Morgantown. Um, I think West Virginia has fallen off the map and are, is playing for nothing by the time this game comes around when no no couch burning or whatever it is the heck they do over there they do the couch burning right they do they do but they might do that if they lose too so oh yeah they, there'll probably be a couch burn regardless of who wins the game but yeah i got OU. okay all right november 19th bedlam in norman we should have won bedlam last year uh for two reasons one an incredibly crappy call uh, no pass interference call on that final drive in the end zone. Really, really, really game-breaking call. Yeah. Uh, and number two, insanely stupid special teams play. Eric Gray's not even your normal punt returner. You put him into return punts. He then tries to field a punt inside the five-yard line. Yeah. I mean, at what point do you tell – 
your backup punt returner, hey, dude, plant your feet on the 10-yard on the line, and if it goes over your head, you're not going after it. We'll take our chances. No, 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 no. He goes inside the five and tries to make a catch in, in, in traffic and fumbles the ball. I mean, it's just insanely stupid. Yeah, was, yeah. And, I mean, did they have two, two special teams touchdowns in that game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then three, uh, I just think Lincoln Riley went away from the run in the second half when we had the lead. You know, we have the lead, and uh, he just goes away from the run, and we're back and back to you know back to a ball game, uh, which they they took. Oklahoma State took every advantage. All that to be said, this isn't 2021. This is 2022. This game is in Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't lose to Oklahoma State two in a row. Win for Oklahoma. I've got this game being very close. Very close. I like their experience. They do lose some guys, but they got some rushers back. Colin Oliver, we have three sacks against OU last year. This guy is really talented out of Edmond, Santa Fe. Yep. I think the defense keeps it close. Go ahead. Have you seen how – did you end up watching Hard Knocks? Yes. Malcolm Rodriguez looks good. He looks good, man. And he was yeah. good for Oklahoma State, He's too. A football player, man. You'll take that guy on your team all day. The, the only thing I'll say, I do worry for Oklahoma State's sake, the loss of Jim Knowles. Yeah. And they brought in uh, – who was the guy – who was the head coach at Vanderbilt? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. his name. You know what I'm talking about. But um, losing Jim Knowles hurts. That guy was a stud. And he had that team playing at a very high level. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how they scheme up this year compared to what they did last year because they could really do a good job of taking away what you do best. Get that to Texas um, in the second half of the game against them. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I've got OU winning the game, though. I've got it being close, though. Wow. Okay. Yeah. At Tech. Win. Um, That's a win. You know, I think Tech, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. I'm a big fan of their head coach, Joey McGuire, Texas high school football legend. I think he'll um, do a good job for them. I just don't think they have the talent yet to compete with you guys next year. Okay. If you're keeping track at home, you know that I have Oklahoma going 12-0, which would put them in the Big 12 championship. Kevin has them going 10-2, losing to Texas and Baylor. Kevin, do two losses in the Big 12 get Oklahoma to the Big 12 championship? Um, I think so. I do. You think it's probably Baylor, Baylor and Oklahoma State are fighting for one and three? Correct. Yeah, with Texas right underneath them. Okay, and be, mm-hmm. and maybe because OU gets that win against Oklahoma State, that yeah. pushes us over. That could be the deciding factor. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'm sure everybody that's watching this, listening to this, is like those are Homer picks by John Woodson. I am. I took it game by game. And I'm saying if I go game by game, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to just give a gratuitous loss because I'm like, well, they'll lose a game. They'll, they'll, they'll find a way to lose a game. Okay, well, that's not picking a schedule. Each game, each week, who wins, who loses. When I do that and I'm honest with myself, it's Oklahoma 12 Am I crazy, Kevin? Is, is OU fan crazy for thinking that we're going to go 12-0? and Yes. Absolutely. I did not Look, expect man, that answer. Who goes 12 and 0? Oklahoma. You know, besides 2022. Alabama, Alabama doesn't. Listen, I know it's hard to go 12 and 0. I know we don't go 12 and 0 very much. I, I understand that, but I'm not going to just gratuitously pick a loss just to make everybody feel better that we're not going to, you know, that we will go 11 and 1. No, I think we're going to go. I think you look man. at each individual game. Oklahoma, there's a path and a pretty good path for Oklahoma to win each individual game. I just look at it, man. A new coaching staff. That's better than last year's. I don't know about that. Oh, come on. We're now have to have this debate again. This is, we're 59 minutes into this, this podcast. Is a conversation. Listen, what if, just what if, and I'm not saying it, it's not going to be, but just what if Brent Venables is not the second coming of Bob Stoops? I don't think he has to be the second coming. I think he has to be better than Lincoln Riley, and I think he is. I think, I think Jeff Levy's offensive scheme statistically – is going to be better. Not, not, it's not going to feel better. Not, it's going to make, you know, look better. I think statistically, you're going to see a better offensive unit come out of Oklahoma than the last two seasons. Defensively, Kevin, you know this. We're terrible defensively. If we just get a little better, we were 11 and 2 last year. 
a little better defensively. What I optimistically think is going to be a lot better offensively. If we think our strength and training coach, strength and training program is considerably better, we're talking about two wins. I think we are two wins better with this offensive coach. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Kevin. It'll be fascinating. It will be fascinating. Stay tuned. And we'll be covering every game here. Hey, this this went long, but I don't care because it's our podcast. And if you're the listener, you're getting free content here. So you're welcome. Uh, Kevin, we have started our Boomer, Boomer Bevo Pod Twitter. So please, any questions, any thoughts, any comments, it is up. Be happy to talk about them on the air uh, when we do our podcast or we'll reply to you or however it works. Um, Kevin, where can they oh, see real us? quick. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, if you think John is crazy for picking OU to go undefeated, let us know. Or if you think John is right and that OU will go undefeated, please let us know. Let's get a discussion going in the comments, please. Please, anything to get us going. Or hit us up Hit us up on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, the interaction from everybody, uh, especially my – I'm going to say this, Kevin. My soccer dads, they're all over the Boomer Bebo podcast. Hey. It's fantastic. Well, we appreciate think, them watching and listening. I think our market might be soccer dads in Oklahoma who have to be at soccer fields every day <laughs> for their, you know, for their natural lives until their kids turn 18. They have nothing better to do than listen to the Boomer Bebo podcast. That's our target market. And we appreciate you guys for it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, dude, the next time we talk, Kevin, it will be game week. Yeah. Texas will be lacing it up. Oklahoma will be lacing it up. We will have real football. I'm fired up. Let's get them. Boomer Sooner. Hook them horns. Let's go. All right. <laughs>